Hello, Peter. What's happening? Uh, we have sort of a problem here. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to Blurring the Lines podcast. This is episode number 69, and I'm your host, Adam Bell. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, Peter Nicolaitis. How you doing, Peter? I'm doing fine, with the exception that Google and Skype hate me. <laughs> well, that's not a very nice thing on your birthday. Nope, but that's okay. The rest of the world is aligning. Everything's going fine. I'm not, you know, things are good. So I'll, I'll count my blessings. <laughs> I did. I guess I don't remember that your birthday was on Groundhog Day. It is. Have you ever gone up to uh, Puxatani to celebrate, you know, to see that whole thing? Well, for me, it's down, but no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have not. I could give Leah a call and see if she, you know, I can crash at her place or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched it this morning. Um, it's not, they say he sees his shadow, but they don't actually let him see his shadow. He walks towards a scroll and you know of course it's all uh, it's all dramatic fun really it's not <laughs> there's no uh there's no like real science to it it's not even like breaking a wishbone well i got the bigger piece you know <laughs> awesome so it it did look like a lot of fun early in the morning when it's mm -hmm. cold in pennsylvania i mean what else would you do yeah go and see if a rodent is seeing its shadow that sounds like a perfectly <laughs> great use for my uh time those crazy quakers <laughs> <laughs> oh. so yeah we've been uh we've been a little bit uh, negligent in our um uh uh what would you say podcast uh, podcasting <laughs> duties yes well so we've been we've been busy i was out in, i was out in phoenix last week and it was awful i mean it mm -hmm. was like 80 degrees in the daytime and 50 degrees at night now when the sun went down it really did get cold fast it sounds horrible it was how I, I would live in phoenix if there was nowhere else to live yeah i was gonna say if it wasn't phoenix I'd, I'd live there too southern <laughs> california you know i think is nicer than arizona arizona can be tolerable though the, the climate i'm i'm compatible with the climate let's just put it that way well i could not believe how dry it was mm -hmm. um i mean because my skin generally doesn't dry out i mean in the winter time in like january february i'll have to put some lotion on my arms and on my back like after a shower because it gets dry mm -hmm. but i was so dry out there i mean my face was dry i mean and i'm never dry well if it's any consolation i've been feeling that way this entire winter uh here in boston uh because of the it's not a, it's not a heat thing it's a it's a you know humidity thing mm -hmm. or lack thereof i should say yeah i mean this is how i keep my good looks is all that oil in my face yeah well i eat <laughs> olive oil or you know coconut oil or whatnot <laughs> yeah as a true greek you use olive oil and of course <laughs> evoo evu yeah exactly <laughs> well awesome <sighs> Yeah. So the Phoenix was good. I was out there for the technology uh, marketing kit tool club producers club group, and it's always a good time. Um, it was 
it was, there's always new things to learn and new technologies. And of course, I always come back with, uh, I didn't buy anything. Um, mm, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I didn't buy anything, but I did work on uh, some of my offerings for my IT company because okay. there are, uh, I guess, I, I don't, you're not familiar with Carver, are you? Only through you. Only through me. Well, they've they've got a couple well, a couple cool things that are right up your alley that were were not available to me uh, because of my size. I mean, your size at the mm-hmm. hospital, you you've got access to real tools. I mean, you've right. got access to like Splunk and you know powerful stuff that's just not I can't afford as an MSP. Well, Carver's kind of putting together a couple things, and they they're putting together Siren. Are you familiar with Siren for the? No. It's a web filtering system, which is okay. really cool. Kind of mm-hmm. like kind of like OpenDNS, but a, a lot better, you know. Okay. And then uh, uh, Event Tracker. So they uh, Carver went out and found a, a company that we could use for you know doing the whole big monitoring monitoring the firewall monitoring the switches monitoring the endpoints and putting that place where there's somebody actually paying attention to it and active in it uh i think there was another one a competitor was like alien something and splunk is a competitor of that you know it's alien alien vault alien vault yeah so it's really mm-hmm. cool I, of course i always like alien or i like i don't know i like anything that's kind of like cool logoed company like alien vault i can't speak to how good they look but their website's nice <laughs> oh yeah well that's that's what that's what counts yeah <laughs> their servers yeah. could be awful but they they really look nice <laughs> it's horrible i mean you know like i'm wearing a pair of sophos socks a sophos t-shirt and a sophos jacket right now who cares yeah. how good the product is their swag is awesome <laughs> oh i but you Another thing I learned while I was out there, um, there's a dude, there's a dude named Nick Casanova. He's like, he's got a podcast and everything. He's on Forbes. Now, is is that name familiar, or is it just sounding familiar because my dad's name is Nick and you know Casanova kind of? I don't. Know. He's well. You've probably heard of him. He's a security. He's a hacker security dude, and like I okay. said, he's, he's he writes for Forbes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he writes for their cybersecurity, and he's he's one of those intrusion testing people. He's the he's pen the kind, yeah he's a pen tester, but he's beyond that. He he does like you know he'll he'll contract with a company and he'll he'll social engineer. He'll you know he doesn't limit himself to getting in by just the technology of a brute force attack trying to come against the firewall sure. you know he does does the whole big thing oh yeah uh, yeah i mean that's that's real on you know penetration testing that's it's more than you know it includes social engineering and the, the whole nine yards it's not just running a you know vulnerability scan against an external ip address and saving a report and saying okay done Mm-hmm. Yeah, which a lot of people <laughs> in the industry do. <laughs> Took me 15 minutes. Now I'd like to charge you four thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars, please. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. You know, and again, well, some people are willing to pay for that. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I don't know. so he he was. I was asking him about the different technologies that you know the event tracker. I said, well, how does event tracker stack up? And and. Of course, this is one man's opinion. I mean, so you ask 10 different security dudes, they're all going to have 
you know differing opinions but he said that his his best and his favorite was actually um palo alto for zero day mm-hmm. protection mm-hmm. or like zero hour you know within yeah. like five minutes protection i didn't realize that did you know that yeah palo no, alto I'm, was that good i i've a lot of people regard them as very good they've mm-hmm. got a very good reputation so um that doesn't surprise me um i don't have any personal experience with palo alto so i can't comment to that uh one of my associates though an affiliate is using that um but we have other you know competing technologies so mm-hmm. he um, did. so i don't i don't know he did speak highly of your friends at sophos though not as well that's that's good yeah <laughs> not as highly as palo alto though. <laughs> not as highly as palo alto because he was yeah. you know he was saying they were they were responding within minutes um and then a lot of the other ones were using the same engine that siren and event tracker were using and they were getting it within an hour which is mm-hmm. really responsive when you when you think about it but right but you're talking that that's the sort of thing that's um like notifications and stuff you're not talking artificial intelligence uh heuristics kind of behavior you're talking like adam has determined you know this is a threat it's gotten reported back to palo alto and then peter as a palo alto subscriber is now protected from it right 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 yeah so you're talking like human response time as opposed to that thing is acting a little weird it shouldn't be allowed we're going to stop that mm-hmm. right. yeah so so that was cool there there was lots of there was security stuff um you know always lots of there was other stuff that i'd familiar with who'd we have oh we had what's his name uh the dude oh the dude the dude oh (laughs) he was the captain um oh shoot on that submarine in 88 that really turned it around the nuclear sub dude oh oh turn the ship around yeah yeah turn the ship around okay i don't remember the captain's name but uh, but a very good book david marquette (laughs) All right. Good book. Very good book. Turn yeah. the ship around. Highly recommended. One of these days we'll get around to actually setting up the Amazon store for the podcast so we can have an affiliate link. <laughs> but he spoke and he was he was really uh he was really a down to earth navy captain. Um mm-hmm. he didn't I mean he seemed really approachable, you know, didn't he wasn't an intimidating dude. Uh so I can imagine him being a good leader. Because uh, what what was cool was he he got stuck on the worst ship in the navy or the yep. worst the worst sub in the navy and had not been trained on it at all and that actually made him a great leader because he didn't know how to he had to rely on his people to do it I think I'd be a better leader if I didn't know how to do a lot of the stuff I know how to do because <laughs> <laughs> I I couldn't say get out of the way I'll take care of it. <laughs> Yeah, you'd have to actually lead and delegate, and yeah, no, that makes that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, better leader than a doer. So. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. how is uh, how is the shoot your car? How's your car doing in the uh, awesome cold? It, it's awesome now. I've gotten some Tesla. Now that they, uh, yeah, and again, I don't remember. Uh, I, I really, it would be great if I had show notes that I could refer to at a, you know, I had my hand, but I don't. So I don't remember what we've covered on this podcast and what Scott and I covered on uh, not speeding in reverse. Well, the last, but, uh, the there was last... a lot of overlap in the topics between the last few episodes of both podcasts. 
Yeah, the last thing that we talked about was your your charging issues and towing issues, and you didn't have the charger at home yet. And uh, right, I think that was. So they addressed the issues with charging. The Tesla people who control the vertical and the horizontal managed to address the issue with their own charging ports and their own supercharger. And uh, now they are compatible again. Yay. (laughs) Now, in the meantime, they had my car for a couple of days in the shop to do this repair. And um, they, despite the direction not to, they washed it and ruined the ceramic clear coating on the car yeah so so that it did it did ruin it you did mention that they ruined it or we're going to wash it (laughs) it's officially ruined and they have said they will pay it uh they will pay the the reapplication fee so they're out you know another 1200 bucks or something 1100 bucks or something to do that uh and i asked them okay since they're going to have my car for a few days can i get a loaner they said we don't have any loaners we're sorry but we can set you up with an enterprise luxury rental in the meantime Okay. So I'll draw. I don't know. I'm I'm assuming Enterprise is going to be what a, a Cadillac, a Lincoln, or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what. So I'll be driving something else, supposedly in a similar class. So I'm like, all right, fine. You guys are, you know, that's that's great. They're they admitted that they screwed up. They said they're going to fix it. That's in this day and age. Sometimes that's all you can ask for. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't know how many. Nobody wants to take responsibility for anything. <laughs> Yeah. And the fact that they are, you know, I'm a much happier customer right now. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, I was not a very happy camper. Mm -hmm. I was uh, I was not a fan of Tesla at that time. I have since reclaimed my fandom. Um, My uh, my former roommate, Charlie, he returned from uh, his overseas travels. And, um, you know, I let him keep his stuff here while he was gone. So as a thank you, he took me out for dinner and a beer at my new favorite bar, World Mm -hmm. of Beer. World of Beer. All right. World of Beer, uh, which conveniently has a supercharger located underneath it. So, you know, that's awesome. so he took me there and uh, it was funny because, you know, we got into the car and he used to joke all the time. He would always say something like, hey, Lexa, do something. Oh, she heard me, I, even though I paused. <laughs> Sorry, wow. I'm not sure. That's OK. <laughs> um, but anyway, he would always say something, you know, like facetious to get her to do something that she couldn't do or something. And he was always uh, giving me a hard time about my interactions with her and with, um, you know, S-I-R-I. So mm-hmm. uh, we get into the car and he says, Tesla, take me to Mars. <laughs> now, what's funny is the Tesla, the Model S, at least probably the others, too, has an option where instead of displaying Google Maps, it shows you a little car representation of the Mars uh, rover and uh-huh. the surface of Mars. So I clicked on the little Tesla logo, clicked on Mars, and I pointed at the uh, the display and we were on mars he had no idea he he was just joking and so he was like oh my god this car is amazing so, that was pretty cool yeah, yeah the, um, i've been uh well so in, since that time since we've last recorded a guy was using the autopilot and apparently slammed full speed 65 miles an hour into a parked fire truck oh wow yep um, doesn't say much much for the autopilot capability and its detection of stationary objects, <laughs> but according to the article, he walked away without a scratch on him. So it does say something for their crash safety rating. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I have been noticing that I'm getting very familiar with the limitations of the autopilot and the uh, the cameras, and it's quite apparent sometimes the thing is blind as a bat. Uh, just today, for instance, I was driving back, and uh, it was accelerating full on towards a Ford Focus or something that was ahead of me. And, uh, you know, if I hadn't, like, intervened, it would have just slammed right into it. We're oh, both wow. moving, but I was accelerating a lot faster. So it's definitely uh, beta. I'm telling everybody that it's as if I'm the uh, driver's ed instructor and I've got someone who's <laughs> like first day of behind the wheel sitting in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. So you put it in that context, it, uh, you know, it's a little bit sobering. You don't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just run around and say, well, yeah, go ahead, you know, and fall asleep at the wheel. Yeah. So, well, what's the what's the price to charge the car like when you go to a supercharger when i go to a supercharger the price is zero dollars okay tesla tesla branded tesla supercharging for me is free for life in this car okay so what about the the evo those depends there are some places which are sponsored by the organization so there's a century bank right down the street that offers free ev supercharging uh free ev charging non-super okay uh there's also one in Arlington where I was this uh, for uh, four days over the, the last week or so, and they charge for charging. So just for a comparison, uh, the way that one was set up in Arlington is it was part of your parking fee. So you go there, you go to the EV station, instead of having to go to the parking you know station to pay your parking validation, mm-hmm. your ticket, um, you just sign up and plug in your car and at the charge point station they collect both your parking fee and the charging fee mm-hmm. i was there for about half an hour um and i forget how many like you know how many kilowatt hours i used while i was there mm-hmm. um but it cost me like a buck uh, like it was like a dollar 22 or something like that okay so it's going to be costing around a couple bucks an hour but it was also uh charging very slowly like when i go to a supercharger it's rare that it's not fully charged in an hour okay and this place would have been like oh yeah you only need nine more hours to charge Ugh. yeah and for comparison like i was at my girlfriend's place last night and i got there and the battery was at 69 percent. i plugged it in and left and by the time i was about halfway home the battery was back down to about 69 percent, and it had been charging for a couple of hours so when you're on a 110 outlet it just you know it's a trickle charge it like (laughs) pretty much holds steady where you're at and um you know so really to get anything meaningful you have to have at least a 240 or a a home charger or an ev port so you you can pull out your orange extension cord and plug up to the wall They recommend that you don't use extension cord. I have a I have a twenty foot black extension cord that's about as uh, almost as thick as my water bottle here, which the listeners can't see. <laughs> right. Um, that thing is is decent, and there is a company. Um, if I forget what their name, they make an aftermarket thirty foot extension cord, which you can pair together, so you can effectively get a fifty foot extension cord. Okay. Uh, Tesla recommends not doing that because that's, you know, it's a, an aftermarket thing. It's not theirs. They don't recommend extension cords. But um, I'm going to see how I can do with the 20-footer for now and, you know, see how that goes. When I go to my parents' place, I can plug into their 110 outlets. When I go to my aunt's place, she seems to think that the sauna, she has an infrared sauna, 
uh-huh. which is 240. And she seems to think that that is within 20 feet of the parking spot in the garage. So theoretically, I can do 240 there. Okay. And uh, at my girlfriend's place, I'm going to I'm meeting an electrician tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow morning to get a quote on putting a 240 volt there. And then I will be at a upcoming condo association meeting. I'll be petitioning the homeowners association to allow me to put a uh, charge port here at my place as well. That's the least they could do, considering they're letting a bike track run through your backyard. Well, that's 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 not between us and them though. That's the you know we're all the association. We the association is still working on that, trying to get a, a better solution for us. Uh, it uh, it doesn't look very promising right now, but we're working on it. <laughs> well, while I was in Phoenix, uh, I requested a uh, Hyundai Sonata or the equivalent a four door yeah a four door sedan. I, I like to be I like to be inconspicuous, you know, when you're when you're driving a rental car in a city you don't know, I don't want to speed and I don't really want to draw attention to myself cuz I don't want to get pulled over for take, you know, cuz you you just don't know what's going on. And I've never been to Phoenix before. I got there, they said, "Well, we don't have we don't have the car that you wanted. Uh, we have a Dodge Charger." And I said, do you have anything else? And they said, uh, we have a minivan. I'm like, well, I guess I'll go with the Charger. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, so. That be the first time, though, the, um, when um, I went to, to a trip to Minneapolis a couple of years ago, and the only thing available at the time was a minivan. <laughs> so i've been there i've done yeah. that well the charger of course i'm i'm not a dodge guy i'm a chevy guy um i even like ford more than i like dodge uh but that car uh, of course it was loud it was a two-door sports car gray all night and uh it, it just was not the it was not an inconspicuous car anymore and like i said it was loud too i mean so it came from the fact but it had all of the stuff built into the da you know the the everything you know the tire actually went low and it told me it was low and what the the so it was cool but i, I still don't want to buy have, one <laughs> yeah i have tire pressure sensors now for the first time in in my tesla and it's kind of cool you know getting that rating that was another thing that they screwed up at the uh at the dealership they didn't send it out with high enough tire pressure so mm-hmm. when it got cold the you know first and second night it immediately had too little tire pressure mm-hmm. so i was like thanks guys i mean uh, really these are these are checklist items these are really simple checklist items that they're yep. just messing up so not impressed by that well and i i wondered how they put those sensors in there and how they keep track and it's a little battery powered thing inside of there so mm-hmm. at some point it'll fail and you'll get to change it but i mean how else would it go in there i mean you you can't run a power cord through the tire <laughs> yeah, i was always wondering about that like, you know i was like how do they do that that cable's got to get wound up pretty tight <laughs> yeah i mean i've seen like semi-truck trailers where they've got like a you know a hose or something that runs the outside of the hub around the tire you know but mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm sure that that's not all that that breaks i'm sure whenever they mm-hmm. run over anything <laughs> <laughs> so so mm-hmm. well cool so I had that, 
um, I'm back in the saddle now. Sounds like you're back in the saddle. We're we're working. Got six. We are. Yes. Yes. Working is. Uh, I've been doing a lot of work lately. <laughs> so um, we're also looking at our uh, plans. My uh, my boss asked me to put together a plan for training for the um, uh, uh, coming year for mm-hmm. myself and the rest of the uh, the analysts team. So I said I'd be happy to do that. And uh, you know we're gonna what I'm gonna petition for is uh, Sans training for all of us to keep moving you know keep our our knowledge building and so i'm uh, i'm excited about that and i'm also once again considering whether i want to uh possibly go for my master's and if i if i did it would probably be in information security management because uh, I guess, you know, that's the direction I need to move in at this point. I mean, this phase of my career, you know, go to management. I can still be a hands-on manager, but, you know, really manage manager is, is you know, manager, director, et cetera, is, is the direction in which I'm headed. Mm-hmm. So I'm toying with that idea. I'm just wondering, like, geez, that's going to be a, like my girlfriend is going for her master's now, her second master's. She's got one in comp sci and now she's going for her, her MBA. And she's putting in a ton of work. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I, I can do those for sprints, but I don't know if I want to. This would be a marathon. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, do I want to go through that? What's it going to get me? I don't know. And, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know. Long term, it sure wouldn't hurt. Yeah. But, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a commitment, uh, time and money and, you know, a lot of effort. So. Well, I wouldn't mind having my NBA. I mean, that's what my, you know, they've got 18 month programs where you'll do really intensive study, but I just don't have that kind of time. Um, I've got so much involvement with running the company and just, if I want to have any sort of life, there's no way mm-hmm. to, I mean, I, if it were important to me, obviously I'd work it in, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you've got time to sit here and, you know, like BS with me every week or so. Yeah. Or I do want. you? I guess I, you don't. Yeah. See, I guess you're right. <laughs> if I were yammering on, if I weren't yammering on, I could be studying right now. No, we're using Skype, not Yammer. That's, yeah. That's the other Microsoft collaboration tool. Yeah. Oh, I do have some, uh, CrossFit, my CrossFit news. My oldest daughter is now doing CrossFit. Okay. They have, they kind of have, or they have a uh, teenagers class. Yep. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, it's an hour, um, and it's just teens. They've got a, they've got a coach, and they've got the teen workout, and she's, she's doing that, and she loves it. So I was, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that she, she likes it, but she was like. I love this. I'm going to be the best CrossFit ever. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. This is, that, that's the daughter you're talking about. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. <laughs> so something that came up pertaining to CrossFit, um, I was at uh, yoga teacher training for uh, my first intensive uh, these last uh, four days, this past weekend, and, and then some. Mm-hmm. And I've got to double check. I'm waiting. Of course, my browser is now getting prohibitively slow which chrome has been doing for me lately thanks chrome um romwad have you heard of that R O 
Hmm. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I'm thinking that's what I'm thinking of. It's like CrossFit, but with yoga in, in integrated. I think that's what oh, I'm thinking of. Yeah, range of motion workout of the day. Yeah. So I was just wondering if you had heard of that. I have not heard of that, but Bumwad. but I do that. Not I don't have the beard like that dude, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's Bumwad. Uh, <laughs> so it seems it seemed kind of interesting. Yeah, because yeah. well, we used to have a yoga class at 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 crossfit but it wasn't a really great time or it's hard to work out a time where people can do yoga i mean when you take out the time for an hour to do a workout and then you got to take out another hour to do yoga for mm -hmm. a, you know family people and it's, it's tough to do mm -hmm. uh so i've just set out my thursday morning uh as my yoga day and i, I did it this week and feel good no, good for you. Yeah, I'm ready I, to. I'm ready to be watching instruction class by you, so that I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, my focus this uh, for the coming year is to try to do yoga every day, even if it's if it's a personal practice, uh, even if it's just uh, myself doing some yin poses. Uh, I did that yesterday. I was on a conference call for an hour. Mm -hmm. And I just uh, grabbed my phone and I grabbed my laptop and I set them down on the floor uh, next to my yoga mat. And mm -hmm. I attended the entire call in, you know, various poses and postures. Yeah. So uh, that worked out well. I'm feeling the difference. I'm still feeling a little fragile uh, from, you know, like four solid days of doing yin postures that uh, that really stretch the, the connective tissues as opposed to the muscles. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, I dove right back in. After that, I went to a basics yoga class. Then the next day, I went to uh, jujitsu. And then last night, I did a basics yoga class and went for a run. And today, <laughs> I did a basics yoga class. And I'm still, like, I'm feeling like I... I'm feeling older than I ever have before, probably because I am. <laughs> feeling like I got beat up a little bit. Not, it's definitely not the the worst that I've ever been. No question about that. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, it's like, all right, I'm, I'm still, uh, you know, I'm finding a balance between mm -hmm. the the yin and the yang. So yeah, so. I I actually feel pretty good right now. Uh, well, I do. Well, I've got a set of yoga stretches that I do after every workout. Um, mm. I do pigeon, I do, uh, I'll do a downward facing dog and then upward facing dog. I'll do kind of a couple movements in that to kind of stretch my back, stretch my, you know, everything out. Uh, then I'll do a kneeling toes tucked and then a kneeling toes untucked to kind of get the arches of my feet so that I can, I got to do that every single day just so I can function. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yoga is just now part of it. So, yep, that's good. No, it's, it's, it's maintenance. And that was, uh, like I said, you know, for my, my real focus this year is to, is to focus on yoga every day. And, um, then as far as uh, the self-defense stuff goes, it's, um, I'm working on, um, focusing mostly on jujitsu, the, the ground fighting classes at okay. my Prof. Maga school. Uh, it's definitely a weakness. So I'm, I'm working on that. And, um, uh, yeah. So that's uh, you know new new focus for 2018. Okay. So and also not getting injured. 
<laughs> so we so we know your weakness if we're if we don't point a knife or a gun at you what we want to do is grapple you to the ground and that's mm-hmm. going to be our best opportunity to take you so here's the thing the, the thing is in, in pure jiu-jitsu that's true but what people forget then is that you know you grapple me to the ground i can still bite kick punch headbutt you know <laughs> eye gouge all those other things that we're allowed to do on standing positions yeah. <laughs> which so you know if it's just plain old jujitsu i've still got a couple of you know aces in my back pocket that i'm not afraid to pull out <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think the key is you've got to think dirty there is nothing fair in fighting Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's no such thing. We have um, sometimes depends on what my teacher's mood is. But when he has uh, different uniforms printed up, you know, the T-shirts, basically, they'll have different slogans on them. And sometimes one of them says, if you find yourself in a fair fight, your tactics suck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I read a book recently, uh, just recently, and it was talking about the main character, or one of the main characters was uh, was doing Krav Maga, and she was fighting against her instructor. And the the move after talking to you and understanding reality, and the moves that she did to her instructor would have broken his wrist, and he wouldn't still be instructing the class because he's like, well, no, yeah. blah blah blah, you did this wrong, like. Uh, no, he would have a broken wrist even if she didn't do it exactly right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and there's things to think about. Like if you're dealing with some, you know, some Neanderthal or somebody who's like on meth or something like that, a broken wrist may not stop them. Yeah. You know, so there's things that you got to take into consideration. <laughs> but uh, there are things like, you know, as someone who's suffered a fractured collarbone and stuff, you know, they, they, they slow normal people down. Mm-hmm. a lot <laughs> pretty quickly you know so but but you really there's things that people often think about they're like well you know i just kicked him right in the groin there's no way he'd move you'd be surprised <laughs> you'd be surprised at what some people are capable of just shrugging off <laughs> and uh when it happens the first several times it's kind of amazing and scary <laughs> I try to do the first part and just not, just not fight. Or yeah, don't. well, there's that's that that's that. You know, I yeah. think I've told the story on the podcast before. One of my uh, good friends who uh, was uh, six degree uh, black belt in Aikido one day was chatting, you know, talking shop with a guy who had been training in Tai Chi for I forget how many years, and he said, um, you know, have you ever had to, you know, use it on the street? And uh, the Tai Chi master said, no, whenever there's trouble, I'm always on the other side of the street. (laughs) And he said, that's some real Tai Chi for you right there. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Um, What else we got? Got any new nifties? You got anything new technology wise that we need to talk about? Well, the the um, the the um, the Zolo Liberty headset that I've been using, the earpieces. Yeah, you were um, gonna follow up on that. I am happy with them. Mm-hmm. They are not um, they're not feature equivalent to the AirPods, but they're close enough. 
The biggest drawback that I find with them is that for some types of calls, mostly like you know phone calls and similar, um, the only the right one works. Mm-hmm. It, and this is by design. So the right is essentially the master and the left is, is slaved. It's paired to it. So I'm a little disappointed by that because unlike the AirPods, you can't just use like the right one for three hours. And then when the battery gets low, take it out and put the left one in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So it's tied to essentially there's the left one, uh, there's the right one. And then sometimes you can use it for stereo. You know, mm-hmm. um, barring that limitation, I really like them. They stay in my ears so much better than the AirPods. It is not funny. You know, it's night and day. And um, so I'm uh, I'm really liking those. And, uh, you know, I think they're worth it. They cost like 100 bucks. They've got a new version, too, coming out soon, the Liberty Plus. But I haven't looked to see what the, the difference is, to, you know, what that's going to what that's going to be. Mm-hmm. What so. about what about the HomePod? Have you... Nope. Have you got one of those on order? Nope. <laughs> I don't know why I'd need one. <laughs> yep. No, a friend of mine offered to trade me for a couple of old Samsung Galaxy phones. He would trade me a, uh, a Google Home. And I'm like, you know, I've got three Echo Dots scattered through the house right now. And I've got two iOS devices. I think I'm good. I really, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't need any more of those right now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, you know, I remember I got one for Christmas, or I got a, a dot for Christmas, and mm-hmm. I sent it back. I think they sent it to my sister, who she got it for me as the gift. I need to call her and see if uh, she got it in the mail, because it said something about shipping it to her. Like, why would you ship it to her? I mean, I know she bought it, but she bought it from Amazon, so for, as a gift, and I mm-hmm. sent it to you, so... But I guess they know where those things come from because they're kind of registered and programmed before they go. Yeah. So, you know, speaking of registering and programming before you go, I was very surprised yesterday. I drove um, I, I dropped my girlfriend's Comcast TV, uh, sorry, telephone box, telephone box or TV box. I forget which service it was. Whatever. It's one that she's not using. Right. Mm hmm. Um, dropped it off at the local Comcast uh, uh, store, which I refer to as like the eighth level of hell. Maybe it's the seventh. <laughs> yeah. It's the seventh. Sorry, the ninth yeah. level. That's the that's the the DMV. The eighth level is the post office. The seventh level is Comcast. <laughs> so I uh, I went in, dropped it, uh, you know, dropped it off, and just handed them the device. They were able to scan it by the barcode and the serial number on the thing and handed me a receipt and said, thank you very much. You're all set. Mm -hmm. Didn't have to ask me for account number, name, phone number, address, no upsell. Why are you turning this off? Did you, are you, have you thought about buying a more expensive package with more crap that you don't want? None none of that. (laughs) So Comcast, you're learning. Please keep it up. (laughs) Yeah. All the, uh, oh shoot. That made me think of, oh, well, I lost it. I had a thought, but it went away. Must have been important. Must have been really important. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, um, I think we're, I think we're caught up. Oh, no, no, no. Your beer. Your beer. So. Ah, yes. So let's talk about that. Um, 
so I have another batch of beer uh, in, and this time I have not. Um, well, I haven't used any, you know, sugar or any. Uh, uh, because we, we were thinking that maybe the problem was the priming sugar that I was using. Um, the trick is that this batch, I tasted it and it still tastes a little off. It doesn't taste like the good batches that I've done in the past. Um, I've described it to you before as like a syrupy taste. I'm not sure that that's the best way to describe it, but I don't know another way to describe this this you know this flavor but it's not just like flat beer Mm -hmm. and so one thing that has changed is this has pretty much started happening since i moved and the temperature may be the factor because i was keeping it downstairs in the basement for a couple of batches and this latest one i was keeping in my kitchen cupboard and it seems like it was a little too cool so it's been in the keg now for a little over a month and i have since moved it to my kitchen counter Mm -hmm. which is generally in the high 60s you know in temperature range yeah what else should i do to not ruin yet another batch of beer yeah so your so your ideal ale yeast um it's they say it will run from 55 to 75 uh but ideal is between 65 and 75 Um, Mm -hmm. and i think that that's what's happening is you've got a slow the yeast has slowed way down and it's taking longer because it should be like you described uh it should taste like flat beer when it's Mm -hmm. done it should taste pretty much like the end product that you're going to drink minus the carbonation yeah um and the other thing you had told me you just uh pitched the dry packet of yeast in there yeah, which is what I've done with every batch. Mm-hmm. So what, what I always do with a with a dry yeast is I I kick it into a starter. So I will I'll boil water, add sugar to 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 sterilize the sugar, and I'll create a starter in a glass and mm-hmm. pour. Once it's cooled down, then I'm not going to kill the yeast. I'll dump the mm-hmm. yeast in and let mm-hmm. the yeast start bubbling like four hours before I'm going to brew. So, oh, by, okay. so by the time you get ready to um, pitch the yeast, you've got bubbles on top, the yeast is alive and it's active because it could take longer to to get to become active. Now when okay. you put, how how hot is your wort when you put it in the keg? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but the directions are generally, you know, you've got the wort and you've boiled it and um, you cool it down, add in the malt extract, stir it all up, and then you fill up the keg to, you add like a gallon of cold or, you know, cool water to it. You add the wort to it and then you top it off to the two gallon mark with more cold water. Yeah, that should cool it sufficiently. It shouldn't kill the yeast. Yeah. Um, what you could get is you could get a little, uh, you know, those thermal strips, like what you'd put on your forehead when you're a kid to see if you had a fever or not. <laughs> <laughs> they make uh, thermal strips for your uh, for your beer thing, and you okay. put it on there, and it could tell you uh, the temperature because it should be below 75, you know, just because you've put cool water from the tap in there. It should be, uh, but 
if it's if it's above 75 it could kill a good bit of the yeast and it takes a lot it takes a while longer for it to mm. build up and go Interesting. It, okay. it's it's kind of like putting seeds in the ground uh, mm-hmm. rather than putting them in little pots and putting them in the greenhouse and letting them go it, you know mm-hmm. it just takes takes longer and the success is less so that might gotcha. be that might be what's killing you is your temperature and then the uh, how active the yeast is gotcha gotcha okay all right good to know mm-hmm. well you know lots of variables that we're fiddling with here so uh let's see what happens so that's the <laughs> problem is when you make too many changes you know it's hard to know which part of the equation is uh is at fault yeah well i need to get i've got four batches to make and i haven't even started on them yet <laughs> well Sounds like you're slacking, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm slacking. Well, you know what I'm doing? Well, you there's no way you would know what I'm doing tomorrow. No, so, I don't know. What are you doing? Uh, you would never guess this. So um, we're going to go make maple syrup tomorrow. Oh, sweet. <laughs> so we're going to uh, going down to Humphreys County and tapping sugar maples and uh, boiling off the sap until we have maple syrup. That's cool. That sounds like a fun time. Yeah, yeah. It only takes... Uh, 48 gallons of sap to to make uh one gallon of syrup (laughs) quite a reduction (laughs) yeah but you know it's a skill that uh we're we're actually learning it from a a friend of ours her dad uh how to boil yeah how to boil but how to boil well he's he's you wouldn't think it would be that hard yeah (laughs) he's 81 and so teach us how to uh tap the trees and get the sap and you know boiling is not all that difficult but i'm sure there's uh there's some art to it and science to it you know kind of like well just make beer it's easy been doing it forever you know right exactly <laughs> well there's for you to say <laughs> yeah there's some things you can do that, that'll mess it up and some things will be better because i was worried there because it it did look like rain tomorrow so obviously that would not be ideal for sap collecting with right. rain and sap yep although it's pretty cool if you if you got a hillside you can tap the trees and mm-hmm. Uh, put like the clear hoses and yes. you just just run those down and collect so yep no that's a very popular technique i mean it's it's rare that you actually see sap buckets out there anymore mm-hmm. you know it's usually it's it's all pipes yeah so yep so we went to i did i knew that there was uh a lot of maple syrup in canada hence you know the maple leaf and their flag and everything right. yep. but it was, it was crazy. It was like 80% of the world's syrup comes from Canada. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there, and the thing is, too, is as, you know, as the climate changes, the, the, the ideal climate for maple trees is moving, you know, gradually. It's crawling north. Mm-hmm. So, you know, someday there probably won't be any more maple syrup because there won't be any more maple trees unless they start going up along north and then wrapping around down through Siberia or something. <laughs> well, I've got I've got a lot of them on my property. Mm-hmm. I, I started counting. Well, I went out and I was going to tag them because I wanted to move them from wherever they are. So I was tagging babies and uh, or saplings. They're not babies. And we we tagged close to a hundred maple trees to move this wow. spring, so got a good. There they are considered a prolific cedar. 
Like a prolific seeder. Yeah. Okay, good to know. <laughs> so if you got maple trees, they're going to seed the whole yeah, yard. Prolific seeder. I did not know that. As opposed to a prolific seeder. Seedar, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, well, very cool. Well, looks like we've got, I'll have to let you know next week how the, how the uh, syrup process went. Put that down for an update, and um, I will. Uh, so for my beer, then should I take another reading? Because I did the the reading with the hydrometer, and there was a significant shift. Mm-hmm. But do you think there should be like another significant shift after another week or so of leaving it in the warmer temperatures? Well, does your uh, does your recipe give you the final gravity of what it should be? No. No, the this is still this is this one again is a Mr. Beer kit, and mm-hmm. it's just uh you know it should taste like flat beer. Okay, you know it, it's very wing it, you know loosey goosey, rough, not uh, you know not very uh, formal and uh, you know scientific. So I would I would I would do the calculation again from the original to whatever it currently is, mm-hmm. and because it should be. I don't know, somewhere around 4.7 or 4.8. What What's the beer? Uh, this one is a uh, nut brown ale. A nut brown, yeah. So it should be it should be less than five. So you mm-hmm. should be able to calculate the percentage of alcohol. If it's like three and a half, then it's not done. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. done with the primary. But the problem yeah. is because it's taken so long, uh, you risk the chance of it not tasting good because of all of the sediment in the bottom. Okay. That's kind of why I do a, pr- a secondary fermentation. I'll do a week in the primary and all the sediment falls out and all that nasty, slimy stuff. And I yeah. switch it over to the secondary and it okay. can age there for another two weeks and it's not sitting on that stuff. So should I do that? Should I just, you know, drain it out into a second keg and let it sit there? Do you have a second keg? I do. I would probably do that. I checked the uh, I checked the alcohol con- or volume and see if it's not done. If it's mm-hmm. not done, then I would move it. It'll okay. also it'll also aerate it a little bit, and uh, the yeast will kick up with some oxygen. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Well, cool. So we need to hear the. Beer, stat, beer status and maple syrup status. <laughs> beer update next week. All right. On that note, I've got birthday plans to start uh, celebrating. So All here right. I go. Well, happy birthday. And, you know, Chuck Norris is going to let you live one more year. Uh, that was awfully nice of him. <laughs> <laughs> I will let you do the honors. All right. I'm going to press the big red button. To contact either us or our guests, visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.